0: Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. On this episode of the Catalyst Podcast, you get to meet Miralda Rodriguez, truly a renaissance woman. She is involved in functional medicine, she is a massage therapist and educator a culinary wellness educator, an author, a speaker, a global wanderer, but most importantly, she's the founder of Grief Massage. I know, you're probably thinking what I was thinking. What is grief massage? Well, in this episode, you're going to learn a lot about how grief massage really attunes to our nervous system. She's going to talk about how she has evolved this method. You'll learn about her catalyst moment when a client inspired her to think about what grief massage could look like. And you'll also learn about how grief is everywhere, whether it's a loss of a family or friend or your job or your identity or during a pandemic. Our old way of life is no longer there. You'll learn tips from Merelda, how you can start using different techniques to regulate your nervous system through grief massage therapy. She helps her clients feel comforted when they're most vulnerable and allows that space to navigate emotional unknowns of grief and loss, helping them gain control one step at a time. Don't we all need that? So enjoy this interview with Merelda Rodriguez and keep coloring outside the lines. Merelda Rodriguez, oh my goodness. I'm so excited to talk to you on the Catalyst Podcast so selfishly because you are like my favorite almost neighbor. I I have to say, when did we first meet? I feel like this is what happens when you're in this holistic, uh, functional world. You sort of just start overlapping with really cool people. And suddenly I remember we're at TED TED Talks together at, you know, TEDx Women in Chicago. So tell me again, how did we meet? I think we met,
1: interestingly, when James Maskell was doing his rounds yes. with New Health. And I think, uh, yeah, you did a presentation at that meeting.
0: Yes. But then, yes. I yes, we have so many little other ways we've overlapped. I just yes, absolutely the- love what you do. and And so I've been anxiously awaiting to do this oh, conversation because what you do is so unique. It kind of tickles my interest in um, death and dying, in grief, in burnout, in somatic healing. So why don't you give me a little uh, taste of, of what you're doing and what what's giving you joy? What's giving me joy is moving past
1: burnout. And uh, so in one situation, moving past burnout, recovering from it, and preventing a second burnout by changing paths. Uh, and so my first burnout happened in corporate America. Um, and I truly believe that burnout happens when you do something you're not aligned with. And I, it's taken me many years to distill down this Single sentence, right? And so, what I realize now, when I go back and I put that lens on why I burned out, it was because I was living for my dad and I wasn't living for me, I'm completely out of my values. So now I, I really hold values to all the clients that I, I work with. Like that becomes the foundational piece. So the second time the burnout was going to happen was in massage, which is something I love. I've been doing it for 22 years. I couldn't even imagine like not giving somebody a massage, even like a demo person. Right. And I was getting really tired of hearing clients say, Oh, I just want deep tissue stick your elbow in me. And I was like, well, that's not what the body wants, but that's what you've heard and mastered because that's what people think massage is. So I was kind of burning out. And uh, I was telling my business coach at the time. I said, you know, I just don't know. I think maybe I should just hang up my shingle and call it a day. Um, And find something else. And um, it just so happened that the year before in November of 2018, this client came in. And of course, because people are on autopilot about deep tissue and all of this, I was on autopilot with, yeah, go ahead, tell me, it's going to be the shoulders. It's going to be the back. It's going to be how you sat at the computer. You know, so I was like, scroll, 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 right? I was having my scroll moments. (laughs) Um, And then she said, my daughter died two weeks ago. I don't know how you can help me. And I call that my stop the scroll moment because that really stopped me in my tracks, in my mental tracks, in my, um, you know, and I looked at her and I thought, wow, I've been doing this at that time. It was 19 years. Um, And I thought, I don't even know what to say, but I, think my body knows what to do. It's been doing this for 19 years. I'm sure something will come out. So I went inside myself, gave her this treatment. I wasn't technically present at this treatment. I call it the divine download. Mm -hmm. It happened. She was happy. She came back and she said, can you do it again? (laughs) And I thought, sure, let me go see if the divine is
0: available (laughs) Let me go ask for a second. Right. Hopefully, going. there's no call waiting. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right. And uh, so I, I went back. I did this massage, but a part of me has been trained through all the years of self development to be the participant and the observer of my experiences. Correct. And so I put myself in that mode. Was able to take enough notes to figure out what I was doing, and from there came grief massage. And I thought. Oh, Nobody's going to want this. Like, this is crazy. So 2019 starts. I have so many people with um, lots of losses, debts, divorces, uh, job losses. This was pre pandemic. And I thought I was telling my coach, I said, I don't know what this is. And she says, well, I have had so much grief and I'm so glad I had massages. And I thought, okay, great. And from nowhere came That's called grief massage. And she goes, is that a thing? And I'm thinking, I don't know, but I'm sure we can make it a thing. (laughs) So from there evolved, you know, me kind of regrouping and putting these steps together and realizing we don't know how much grief resides in the body. It doesn't reside in the mind. And the brain is actually not capable of feeling any more than the body is capable of thinking.
0: Oh my gosh, Meraldo, that is beautiful. It is so awe inspiring to watch your journey. I mean, to watch how this has evolved because I really think it's the tip of this iceberg that is bigger than any of us could understand. You've really been able to synthesize that intellectual and artistic, you know, it's the logical and the emotional it's everything in one because grief is complex. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people dismiss it as a loss of a person or a loved one. Not, not at all. Grief can be like you said, loss of a job. I mean, burnout in a functional MRI, the same brain pattern is grief. And so you can feel grief especially during a pandemic of grief of the other life we used to have and how different everybody is now so i'm curious as you've watched yourself provide this beautiful service for people because that's the other thing is i think we tend to crawl into ourselves in grief and 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 the touch is so important to our body and energetically talk to me more about how you have evolved in the last year and so in the pandemic
1: it's been very interesting. It's sort of like fastening a seatbelt in a bullet train and letting the train just go kind of like, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if it even has a as an engineer in the front, but the train is going. But <clears throat> during the um, pandemic, uh, I remember during the lockdown in the beginning and it was just evolving where Brene Brown was starting to talk about uh, collective grief and people would send me messages. They're like, have you heard Brene Brown? And I'm like, well, I kind of was using the term the week before Brene Brown came out with her stuff, but we'll give, you know, yep, I did hear what she said, right? (laughs) But I I was happy because it brought the focus where I didn't have to keep saying it over and over again. I was like, okay, great. Thanks, Brene, for making this big announcement because now people are bought into it and it makes my job easier. So. Not even, um, what, three, four months into that, we had like the whole George Floyd thing, the Black yes. Lives Matter. Oh. We had the riots in Kenosha. We had the riots in Chicago. Yes. We had a lot of, uh, what do you call, disarray around in the country based on that. And that was about the time where I was um, hired for a contract to teach the Chicago Police Department about nutrition. Beautiful. And- I mean, when I walked into that room and I looked at the police officers, I just remember thinking, wow, they just look so defeated and beat down. Not because they're not brave, but you could see the physical toll, right? I could see it in their eyes. And of course, we were all masking, but I could still see it in their eyes. Um, I could see it in their not wanting to make any kind of eye contact. I could see I learned a lot from their body language. So six months with the CPD will tell you a lot about where trauma is, who's denying it, who's accepting it, who's accepting it under wraps. I've had police officers text me, call me. It was great that they were communicating, but they were also at the same time living off of that grief suppression, emotional suppression. And I could oh, see yes. a lot of the physical conditions that were coming Uh, into their lives, whether it was putting on weight, uh, eating emotionally, which they don't really talk about eating emotionally, but you could see that Um, just very hypervigilant 24 seven, which is also a pattern I've seen in emergency room physicians who have been massage clients, right? I've seen that same hypervigilance, adrenaline dependence kind of behavior, Um, So I saw a lot of this. I then happened to come across a functional medicine doctor out of California, and her name is Dr. Amy Apigian, and she talks a lot about trauma through the lens of functional medicine, as well as somatic experiencing. So she marries it beautifully. So being a student of hers has really helped me Learn the bigger picture of trauma, but distill it enough that I could now create classes for massage therapists. So I teach them grief massage and I stay in the grief lane because trauma has an element of grief, but not all grief is trauma. Right. So, um, you know, and it, it, the grief, and I want to kind of also further qualify that to say that while not all grief is trauma, if you have had a background in trauma and it hasn't been correctly regulated, it will come and clash with a grief that may not have trauma in it. Right. Right. So because it's what we call multiple losses and the inability to to just be able to be regulated in your most Mm -hmm. recent loss, if you've got a background that's been not regulated ever, your body doesn't know how to go there.
0: Right. I mean, our, our nervous system is amazing because it's really designed to protect us, but it also just stores everything in one spot. So you can have one yes. tiny little thing yep. and it can feel so much bigger. Um, and when you haven't been taught, you know, we don't have role models or we don't have the culture in schools that help us understand that emotions are big and how to regulate yourself, you know, and we're starting, I think it's, it's become very amazing to see that's a gift from the pandemic is now a lot of parents and schools and teachers and kids are learning languages around, you know, emotions and grief, yes, yeah. but I can imagine that would be difficult. I would love to learn what, what do you do differently in a grief massage? Wow. That is a question that has been three years in the
1: final ability to stay that because it was, you know, when I first started, uh, people asked me if I did talk therapy during massage. And I thought, oh dear, you don't want talk therapy from me. I'm a somatic therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also a New Yorker. So that just wouldn't, you know, talk (laughs) therapy wouldn't be a good thing for me. So that was my joke. But what I learned after being in these trauma classes is how much it is a massage for the nervous system Mm -hmm. through muscle tissue. Nice. And it uses the same techniques um, as the same uh, mechanisms, if you will, of weighted blankets or giving someone a hug. It's, It's a certain kind of pressure given a certain way that immediately activates the parasympathetic system. And once the person is in the parasympathetic, it's easier to actually then extend the work to keep them there. That makes sense. It's the, you know, the carefully, and from there, I carefully curated each step using the other senses. So it's a multi-sensory experience that immediately puts the person you would think multi-sensory. Oh my god, it's going to be overwhelming. But actually it's it's leveraging yes. those
0: senses to also put you in the parasympathetic. That makes sense. I mean the vagus nerve is so powerful and you can get access yeah. to that in many ways, you know, auditory, olfactory. And so this yep. sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. So it's curated with a little bit of like a, a meditation like um piece. And then there's, you know, the music I use binaural beats because Mm -hmm. binaural beats are very soothing to the brain. I also use essential oils, which, you know, immediately get to the limbic system and make the transformations. And then through that initial meditation piece is where people start to feel the effects of the parasympathetic. So they start to kind of go there and shut off the, the sympathetic. So when they get on the table, it just becomes easier for me to put the techniques into practice. Um And then it's been really interesting. I've had varied uh, clients with varied contexts come in for their massage. And it's been this almost the same feedback, regardless of the context.
0: Interesting. Because-
1: because really I think we complicate or rather we are able to complicate things given our context, right? Is it a bereavement? Is it a job loss? Is it a marriage? Is it a a child with special needs, whatever the situation. So we are able to make our context, but the body I feel
0: is very simplistic because it's either sympathetic, parasympathetic pick aside. I love this. So what you're saying is like their definition logically of what they might be grieving it all translates to very similar body patterns in Correct. what you are noticing. Oh wow. So right. tell me more about that.
1: So when you are um so this is the thing about the nervous system, right? It is constantly looking for through survival it's perceiving threats, right? Mm-hmm. It's perceiving, all right, you're okay, I'll talk to you or the situation is familiar, I don't have to have my guard up. But what happens with grief? Um, and trauma, but whatever happens in grief is that suddenness that feels threatening and the brain has no plan that it can go to. It doesn't have a past recall, a past um, scenario that it can do a recall from. Mm -hmm. It doesn't know how to predict the situation because it's never seen it before. So it's like, you know, maybe it's like this, but let's put the guard up. And, and so when I come into the, the grief massage space, I first ask the person a lot of um, questions that are very, very um, non-threatening. They're really Mm. just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, (laughs) right? Is it blue or was it green? Uh, So what happens is there is no emotion attached to the fact. like, are you sleeping? Are you not? Like very factual. So, so a couple of the questions initially are very factual. So the person goes, Oh, she's just asking me these factual questions. And then they go, you know, and I let them know, Hey, we're going to go into this meditation. um, And all I want you to do is just report back to me the facts in your body. So don't attach, don't get lost. Don't just follow me, follow my cues. And just give me the facts. And so what ends up happening is they go into this mindset of, I've got to just take note, take note, take note, take note, take note. So there's no emotion attached. It's not a good Beautiful. note. It's not a bad note. It's just, is it or is it not? Is your, is your um, <clears throat> tension in your shoulders or is it in your back? Just factual information. But through that meditation, they come out on the other side telling me they're like, wow, I feel really relaxed. So I already know we've tapped into the sympathetic system. We've also removed any kind of uh, stickiness with emotions because we've just asked for facts. And so I then immediately jump into that and tell them that on the table, they're just literally only gonna be breathing. I'm gonna guide them through certain pieces. Uh, Most of the work is gonna be on the torso because that's generally where grief tends to, be located, some extremity work, uh, but for the most part it will be on the torso. Uh I give them the permission. I say, hey, you know what, well, this is what emotional release is, because I think sometimes people are very threatened by the fact that they may be just sobbing and crying in this massage session, right? Absolutely. So I let them know that the best thing they can do is come in with the emotion of curiosity. And to stay curious because there is no way to predict that it's only going to be crying. I said many people have walked out of here without crying necessarily. Uh, They have aha moments. They've actually felt heat. They've actually had vivid color visions. Uh, So these are some things to be open to. Sometimes you twitch. Sometimes you actually giggle. Sometimes you pass gas. Sure. Um, so the body does any number of things. So when they realize that there's this array, and I've actually had clients say to me, My God, I didn't even cry. I thought I was gonna be
0: sobbing through the session. Because right. the so you're idea saying is- release expectations, which is beautiful. Yes. You're like just come in very curious, but I like how you're leading them through options that, oh, we've seen this in the past, it's okay, yeah. and and you're disconnecting this. Facade that they feel like they have to have a certain presentation for a grief massage, I mean that's yeah, really nice what you're doing. well, what I'm trying is
1: <clears throat> I shouldn't say I'm trying because I was trying three years ago, now I'm succeeding.
0: <laughs> there you go, but really.
1: but really what it is is really removing any form of threat, and because I have so many years of understanding what that perceived threat can be and where the landmines are, I just go straight to those knock those out of the way, because if I can knock those out of the way, I get the person in a relatively neutral state, and then I cue them with curiosity.
0: Ooh, I like that. Cueing them with curiosity. It's always a laudable thing. I think everybody should stay curious, but I think that invites some personalities to feel like they don't know enough, you know, there's that imposter mm-hmm. that creeps mm-hmm. up or perfectionistic personality yes. types that are, yes. well, I, I shouldn't be curious because I should know how to, to be in yes. my own body. And as yes. you know, I mean, we're basically a walking meat skeleton and, and trauma is stored in our tissues and, and sometimes things happen. And so it's nice that you're trying to encourage them to be curious and say, it's okay to not have the answers, right?
1: Yes, I do and I do have the, you know, uh Jane know-it-all every now and then who's on the table, right? And what I do then <clears throat> excuse me is I really do what we call distraction techniques. Nobody really knows what they what they are meaning the layperson, but as practitioners, our distraction techniques I use breath. So I completely put the brain on a path of, hey, let me send you off into the meadows with some breathing because then I can do what I need to do and they know how to breathe and they focus on their breathing, which is what I need them to do. Um, so I use breathing actually as a distraction technique with the people that are either know it all, or they've got to give their feedback. <laughs> right. Um, they've got to give me their feedback on everything. Um, so it's a very, um, I know, I know my clients, I know their behaviors. Um and i don't want to say oh i know everything about everyone i don't but the commonalities are there
0: oh my gosh and and you've said this before which i think is brilliant you said the nervous system rules regardless of what the mind thinks which is as much as all of us would like to think we are <laughs> evolving and we know i mean really it is we're just our nervous systems are ruling everything and and the mark of somebody who's more uh, emotionally regulated is a person who can do that Uh, parallel sidestep that you described earlier in the hour, where you just sort of distance yourself from the experience and and just observe, you know, what's happening. And I think a lot of us are just so Velcroed into our existence that we feel everything so reactive. What would you, what, what kind of things did you work through with those police officers? Were you able, not just with nutrition, did you give any other um, advice on how they could tap into that somatic you know, experience or, or was that not even in the scope of your consultation with them?
1: It wasn't in the scope of the work that I was doing with them. Um, I also feel that, you know, some of them I know wanted it. Um, I, I mean, and I know they wanted it because some of them did contact me and speak to me, quote unquote, on the down low, right? Because they knew I wouldn't go out and blab it to the whole world. So that's what I mean by on the down low. But it was, you know, you're speaking to somebody who has mastered the reptilian brain lives in it 24 seven. And so getting to the executive brain is they can't even see a reality with that. But what they are caught up in is the all or nothing. You don't have to be all ways in one or the other. You can use them to your benefit. That's what the whole point is. But I think when you don't teach somebody that, how are they supposed to know when the whole society is just like do, 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 do. And executive
0: brain sometimes requires you to be. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That is so critical. And just personally and professionally, I mean, you've you've worked with police officers, with ER doctors, with all these high, you know. High altitude functioning people that have to have a certain grit, a certain yes. exterior. Uh, yes. My sister actually is married to a police officer outside of Chicago, and she founded Embracing the Badge, which is her way as a as a psychologist just to try to bring that support and also embracing the humanity that comes with that badge. It's a very difficult profession. And I love that you, you know, could at least tap in to them with nutrition, even those little cornerstones, you know, of, of helping them see, you know, that this can make a big difference. Um, What would you say is something that you would teach some of your clients to do on themselves if they're feeling like they want a little bit of that grief massage or that technique that you're so good at giving to them? Do you have any little activities or homework that you give your clients to do? I do. Um, So I will check in to see if they have
1: weighted blankets because weighted blankets are super helpful. So that's one really easy uh, thing. Uh, I have recently been thinking about this as um, self-care. I haven't yet assigned it, but I don't think it's a bad idea is to actually do a self belly massage. Mm. And because uh, what I have found super helpful is that the abdominal massage that happens in grief massage is very intentional. Every piece is intentional. The intention there is to address the enteric nervous system through touch. Makes sense. And I feel the more I've done this and the more feedback clients have been like, wow, I didn't really, I've never had one before, but that was so comforting. That was so soothing. That was so, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I really love that. I'm really glad you asked me, you know, because I do ask for permission. Can I work on your belly? Because, you know, a lot of people hold a lot of things in their body and it's always about permission. Um, but I have gotten really good results. And so recently I was thinking, what if I assigned a, a clockwork sort of just a belly rub, uh, you know, around the belly button, just clock, uh, clock, yeah. Going in clockwise direction, um, mm-hmm. is, you know, with a light amount of pressure, like the same pressure you would get from a weighted blanket, right. So mm-hmm. you don't want to be like jabbing into your belly, but you just want to have that just engaged touch. Um, and just going around in clockwise. And I think that is my next step with clients to see what their results are.
0: Oh, I think that's great, Meralda. I think that would really, like you said, it taps into the enteric nervous system. They're self-administering it. So they know that they're not going to hurt themselves. Um, They're not going to be punching their own spleen or kidney, you know? Um, And, and just, it's very similarly sounding to the osteopathic treatment we would do for visceral manipulation, which Mm -hmm. is colonic Mm -hmm. milking. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of the European osteopaths are very into the, visceral manipulation so it's not something that's foreign but I think in America a lot of us don't think about massaging our organs but there's so much um lymphatic drainage that can be helped that way too so I mean that sounds really uh, like an important part I think of just getting in touch with yourself I love that idea of a clock giving them a little bit of homework that way
1: yeah and I think the other thing too uh, two other things that I have them do I have them you know I give them a, a a set of choices of what they can do but the one that really um the two things one is writing a note to themselves or writing a note to the person that they're missing or writing a note to the loss you know the that their identity that that was in the loss so this is the other thing helping them learn what an identity is mm. so that then they can say goodbye to that identity And say to that identity that it's okay, which also brings down the nervous system.
0: Oh, wait, I want to pause on that one. That's a nugget right there, Maralda. (laughs) Saying goodbye to that part, that identity, because we are all parts, you know, and in psychology, there's the parts work where, you know, sometimes that bossy little seven year old served a purpose, you know, Um, and sometimes it's okay to grieve the person you once were, And say thank you for that and and just honoring that presence and that meaning in your life. I love that, writing a letter to that part. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, that that really, you know, and the people that follow through and actually do that, um, you know, I have them either do a standalone letter or like journaling because sometimes they need the time, you know, like I can do it every day or every week or whatever. The continuity that they can use. Um, the other thing I have them do is something with color. This would be your world. I have them, uh, do something with color because color has been shown the different stimulations and the different moods it creates and, you know, helping them understand how to bring in color. So even if I've only got to bring in green color through plants, I'll do that. I'll start there. Uh, but you know, I do have them either do a coloring book or gardening or cooking or whatever they feel their version of color is.
0: Ah. Uh. I love this. You are, you are such a cool, uh, hybrid of so many neat things. A little bit of art therapist, a little bit of massage therapist, a little bit of trauma-focused therapist. I mean, like you've got a lot of colors in your own tapestry that you're, you're creating. So tell me more about your trainings. You mentioned you're, you're trying to, you know, train more massage therapists, I'm assuming right in the Greek massage. Tell me more about that.
1: Yes, I always knew that, I mean, I'm a massage educator. I have taught massage therapy before uh, for a few years and uh, I teach continuing education now as opposed to being in the schools. Um, And so having that knowledge and having written curriculum and having written certification tests and working with state boards and things like that, I uh, knew that because my goal is to travel I needed something that made travel and what I do kind of work together. So I also knew that I am not the only person to help people in this world. There's only one of me with 7 billion people. (laughs) There's only so many people I can massage. And so the fastest, quickest way for me to get this out there is by helping massage therapists learn this if they're interested um and so i wrote the curriculum i got the um you know credentials that i needed for being an educator uh on my own for continuing education created the class ran a pilot in december ran a sold out class in january um and now have increased the class because it was originally 8 hours and now it's going to be a 14 hour class because the people that came to the 8 hour class thought it was just a little too little too much, uh, too much and too little time. Right. Right. And they they needed the time. So they they were literally like, I mean, some of them want to come back and take the 14 version, a 14 hour version. So, yeah. So my goal is to then now travel around the country, which makes me happy and teach massage therapists, which also makes me happy.
0: Oh, I love this. <laughs> and this is my
1: goal is to really, this is my mission. My mission is to remove the suffering of grief and allow people to actually mourn whatever it is they need to mourn, uh, whether it's a bereavement or a, a change of some sort that is um, kept them stuck, but it's to create the ripple effect because I say that healed people, heal people.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. Yes. Yes. Healed people, heal people. Absolutely.
1: and, And if I can spread empathy through that, because I seriously feel this is the one thing we are
0: desperately, we have empathy poverty. Yeah. Oh, that's a powerful phrase. Empathy, poverty. Oh, yes. And, you know, you're what you just said of removing suffering from grief and, you know, just helping people come to terms and process and grieve in such a deep way, you know, in such a very real, tangible way. And I love that this circles all the way back to your moment of feeling burned out, that you are now aligned. And at the top of the hour, when you talked about, you know, burnout happens when you're just not aligned. And that's the simplest definition of feeling lost because you can burn out on on your passions. You can burn Mm -hmm. out on things you love. Mm -hmm. You love massage Mm -hmm. therapy. And so the fact that you've circled back to that beginning and now are aligned with a mission to bring this to a new platform is so inspiring. I'm just such a, I'm such a big fan of yours. I think what you're doing is incredible. Oh my goodness. So if, if anybody's listening, if they're either wanting to be a client of yours, or if they're a massage therapist and they'd love to learn about your trainings, where can they find you? There are many places to
1: find me. Most recently I started a YouTube channel. It's, it's very much in the fledgling state, uh, but you can find me there. I also have a Facebook page called Decide to Heal. Uh, This—that's the same um, tag, if you will, on uh, Instagram. But I would say that really, right now, I'm going to be growing mostly my
0: YouTube channel. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, I will definitely check it out myself. And your website is Move Beyond Grief. I think it's actually MoreldaRodriguez.com. Gotcha. Good. Yeah, it's my Good. name, so it's Perfect. easier much easier. And so people can access you there. I think this is incredible. I think the world definitely needs more grief training, trauma-focused discussions, and just understanding that the human condition is messy and imperfect and, and painful. And you are such an inspiration helping others move beyond that pain. So thank you for all the work you do. Thank you, Laura. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh my goodness. I'm excited. And I hope that we get to sit next to each other on another TED Talk soon. Yes, for sure. Yes. Oh, thank you, Miralda, for everything you do. And for those listening, keep coloring outside the lines and catalyzing your future, reimagining healthcare that is truly humanistic and unique and innovative, just like Meralda Rodriguez. And thank you for listening to the Catalyst podcast. We'll see you next week.